citizens of the verse today is december 7th 2952 and welcome to another episode of citizen cast we're a star citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development i'm your host way too geeky and with me tonight as always mr dependable himself seagard olfson hello seagard hello Good to be back. Um, Glad to have you back. So, everybody, I got some splaining to do. (laughs) It's been a while. I think our last episode was November 3rd, so shame on us. We we did record an episode the week after. Uh, However, we had so many technical issues um, with retrieving audio from two of our guests that... It ended up not being salvageable. Um, So, you know, salvage gameplay wasn't in yet. And uh, then Thanksgiving came. I ended up having to go home earlier than I expected. And then the week after, I ended up having to go to London for work, which I knew about, but I thought I'd have more time. Um, So that's where we are. (laughs) So that's why it's been a month. (laughs) But we're here now, and that's all that matters. And we have a lot to talk about. Uh, but beforehand, uh, Seaguard, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, I've been actually playing. I've been uh, kind of got a little bit motivated lately, and uh, and I just you know some stuff and uh, just some stuff. I don't know. Just got me motivated. I was uh, just been playing and trying out ships and um, trying to load them and. You know, get the right inventory on them, and then go out and pick up the vehicles and things like that. It's just, it's things to keep me busy, other than just yeah. clearing a bunker or running cargo. Um, yeah. But uh, pretty enjoyable. I just did the Aquila the other day. Drag, you know, I went out and did it in my Pathfinder armor that I got way back when as a subscriber, <laughs> and, and I dragged all of you know four tractor beams and you know, four of these and four of those and a bunch of you know things and um extra armor and clothing and med kits and all the junk you you bring kind of dragged it on there even though i know it's going to get wiped yeah uh, dragged it on there so i did that to the uh 400i the the um a couple other ships anyway uh the other thing we did the other day was we actually went out and tried to do some um you know everyone's out there right now just saying you know you know you know everybody's going to be a pirate and we're all going to die. It's a horrible game. And, you know, it's all the naysayers out there. Mm. So a couple of us got on a caterpillar the other day and just said, Hey, let's go see if we can't find people who could try to, to capture us or take us out. We'll just mm. see if we had an idea of maybe a strategy that might work. And we we're going to see if it worked. Very little happened. <laughs> Most of real, mostly drove around and made about 30,000 each in, uh, in uh, cargo, so nice. <laughs> it was okay. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So. I feel like we in three eighteen we should do like a parlay house skirmish event, testing boarding actions and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Um, that's one of the things I want. You know, I want to see is, you know, it's not just going to be you know all one sided. You know, I know that ships can run. Put your shields to the rear. 
run, you know, um, there's tactics out there, put a man, you know, they use mantises. We should use mantises, right? If we can get outside of our mantis bubble and they go in, they have to go through it to get to us. Well, mm-hmm. then we can jump before they get to us and the mantis can jump. So there's all little, there's little things out there that, you know, can be done. Um, and yeah. then I, I did watch a lot of, uh, you know, Will and Kate, uh, or Kate and Will, I guess it is. Um, yeah. You know, it's a great series on the life on board of Corsair. I mean, that's me. That's kind of the thing I want to do. I think you kind of want to do with the Carrick, right? Exactly. So, uh, it yeah. is inspiring, to say the least. Yeah. So, you know, kudos <laughs> to them. Uh, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, Yes, and as podcasters, we do watch other people's stuff. So, uh, of course, yeah. I mean, it, I was inspired to create content because of so many content creators. Oh, yeah. who definitely do it better than we do. But guess what? We're us, and they're them. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was trying to explain to someone the other day, Jared. You know where where he started way back when is kind of a content. He was a content creator. creator yeah, yeah, and he did Darth Vader asking the fish. How, how they dogfight so successfully in the tank, in the fish tanks. Yeah. <laughs> so all the things I learned from my fish in the fish tank. Uh, and look uh, at him now. He's Yeah, I know. He's our rock. He's our, yeah. our North Star. Well, he said the other day he was been there. He's been there eight years. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that amazing? So. Well, I, I've been following the game for about eight years. So he started... You okay there, Seagard? Yeah, I just moved my headphone around. Uh, it sounded like you were rubbing against some some sandpaper. Yeah, <laughs> just got um, my back against a tree doing the bark rub. <laughs> uh, I, for the most part, haven't been playing because I was home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, London. Um, by the way, I finally had. For those who've been listening to the show for a while, this is my second time in London, both times for work, and. I finally had Indian food in London, and it was so good. I cannot. I, I I'm afraid to eat Indian food again in the U.S. It was unbelievable. Um, the restaurant's called Tyam. <laughs> in case anyone ever goes to London, <laughs> it was so good, uh, like life changing. I I think I was having life like a spirit life changing. Like my insides are going to blow out. <laughs> I mean, the next day it wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessary. It was a little pain, you know, like when you have too much spicy food, Yeah. but, um, they make these lamb chops that are just, I can't, they're haunting me. Seaguard. They're haunting me. Have the lamb chops stopped screaming yet. That's how I feel like I'm Clarice Starling, but they're lamb chops. Um, but I did get into the game yesterday because finally I was able to upgrade my shadow PC to the the new tier that they have. Yeah. And the game runs real nice. I'm real excited. Good. I Good. I am looking forward to the fact that the holidays are coming up and while I'll be home for the for Christmas once Christmas is over, I'll be back here in in Brooklyn for a week and I think I'm going to be playing a lot of Star Citizen. So um, That's good. That's what I plan on doing other than work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, oh, sorry. I just got completely distracted by an email. Um, oh, no problem. Uh, <laughs> someone commented about your, their, your hatred of American Indian food. <laughs> I don't hate, I don't hate the American. Indian are already food. arriving. <laughs> it's just not as good. 
um, if if there's a place that is this good, someone point it out to me, please. Yeah. In I New like York Kimia City, food. thank you. I do like Kimia food. Oh, it's just you know what it is. It's like um, it's like everything's on turbo charge when it comes to flavor. You know how like a yeah. good Indian dish, you're eating it and like it's like the flavor. It doesn't just linger on your tongue, but it also evolves as you're eating it. This was like that, but like tenfold. And there's just so many complex flavors and spices, and it's just, oh, uh, I, 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 see, I'm speechless. Yep, yep I got you. So we're we're gonna go through the most recent news as well as IAE, and then I we are gonna go through all the stuff everyone's posted to us since our last show, so that you you'll have we will cover everything everyone said. Um, but last week. Um, with uh, content, we had ISC, and Sean Tracy uh, was first up on the episode talking a little bit about some of the tools that they use, mostly talking about why uh, their test builds fail, um, and it's mostly because they use raw code that's published, and if the build fails, everything halts, and then the team has to update things like fixing textures, fixing animations with the ladders, Etc. Um, it was technical and not that interesting. And since we saw Sean Tracy, we were kind of more hoping it would be about theaters of war. But um, that was the first half. Second half, a little bit more interesting, was the reconcepting of the Polaris. So we got some uh, a, a look at some of the concepts for the wonderful RSI Polaris. Um, they had to reconcept it because as, as every, anyone who knows who's been following the game for a while, ships that they concepted before, um, they had standardized metrics don't fit some of the gameplay functionality that they're trying to build into the game, like fitting components in, having wide enough hallways, etc. So taking account all those systems and everything that they now have in the game or, or they plan to have in the game. They had to make the ship a little bit bigger to fit it. But exterior-wise, it does look pretty much the same. Some interesting things to note. They did have a nice med bay in there. They had a brig. The hangar fits a ship about as large as a saber or so. It did look a little shorter. Um, and then we got a little look at the bridge and, and some of the um, habitation stuff, uh, particularly the the bunk beds, which are double-stacked. I think it looks like, based on what I'm seeing, it's eight crew because they had the captain's cabin with his office, uh, room for the XO, and then six bunks in in the bunk room. Yeah, uh, I heard I heard 15 today when I was watching. Um, what's his name? English guy. Uh, oh, uh, board gamer. Board gamer. Yeah, I think he said. I think 15. he's wrong. He did, he I, said I he said I think the ship either. change. Yeah, I think he said I think he said with the ship change I would expect 15, but when they showed us the bunk room there were clearly six racks Correct. of two. And they were angled. I mean, they were I mean, angled. um yep. Wait, oh wait, were there six racks of two? There no, there was three racks of two. I never saw a second set uh, a second set. Wait, I'm starting to think there were six racks of two because where was the second set? 
Maybe it's 14 people because remember they're pointed at an angle and there's three on each side. Uh. Now I, I'm, I'm going straight to the video because I'm like I perturbed. Don't I only remember seeing one set of three, but they were double, right? So that makes six. Hang on. I'm going straight to the source. Um, either way, what'd you think of the ship? I think it's a great ship. I mean, um, I definitely like it. Um, do you have one? Yeah, I do. Um, nice. And, and I, you know, I got it just because I was trying to get rid of all my fighters, and I and I went up to that level because I do want to. I like playing the bigger ships. I think. Um, I like it because it seems to be um, more powerful than a hammerhead, but obviously less than a javelin. But it clearly could fight both well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little anxious around, you know, maybe not capital ships, but the large, you know, larger ships like the Hammerheads. They just seem too brittle for me right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's just some ships that can take them out. You know, if, if you can solo them with a single ship. That's wrong. I mean, this is like taking on a Navy, you know, friggin' destroyer or something. I mean, it's World War II style, right? It's, uh, it's a, you know, hammerhead should be a beast. Um, but certainly a, uh, I, I would just expect them to be heavier, you know, tougher. Yeah. And, and I, you know, Polaris, I like the idea that it's going to sit somewhere between the hammerhead Perseus and the javelin, right? Mm. Um, and I would definitely like to see the javelin be a little bit more powerful or more. I don't know. It, it seems like it's good against ships, but it doesn't have a lot of air to air or uh, small ship defense. It does. It does. Right. If you really look at it. So <clears throat> I think the distinction is if you look at those big turrets, they have two sets of guns, mm-hmm. and there's the ship, the the large, there's the capital, the capital guns, but on top of that, they also have the Gatling guns that are to to swat little ships. Okay, but I still think you're going to want a complement of hammerheads. I, I think the hammerheads really going to be the. If you think about a, a large fleet, the hammerhead mixed in with some of the bigger ships probably isn't going to be the target, although. Maybe it will be because it's the one right. that'll take out fighters and it's so a more of a defensive tor- ship for the bigger ships. Yeah. Yeah. So I you know, I'm a big fan of I, I like the Polaris and I like the idea of it having torpedoes that take on capital ships and things like that. I like the Idris having a rail gun. Um but when I look at like a hammerhead, it's geared mostly for fighters. It's it's as slow as an Idris, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has guns that just aren't up there on size. Um, I would certainly like to see if it was faster. Maybe maybe that's what I expect it to be. Maybe the Polaris will be a little bit, well, not a little bit, more significant. It will be faster. Let's say, you know, 180. It's supposed to be pretty fast speed. in one direction. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Um so that these big ships can, you know, weather the storm by staying highly highly maneuverable, forcing these fighters to really kind of use a lot of their power just to stay up with them and making mm. runs on them. 
<clears throat> so I hope that Polaris doesn't. That's that'll be the last thing. I, I hope that the Polaris doesn't fall victim to you know two two uh, wardens, you know, or uh, yeah, you know, something like that showing up and blowing them out of the sky. It just it's that's not a fun gameplay. I don't think it will. Uh, not based on some of the newer stuff coming out, um, mm-hmm. which we could talk about. I didn't put it in the notes, but. We'll talk about it. I'll, yep. I'll I'll make sure I remember. Um, I did confirm. I looked at the video again real quick. It's two racks of four plus the two separate rooms for the captain and the XO. So if that's the case, then it's ten. I mean, four racks of two, rather. <laughs> four racks of two. And then they have the captain and XO room. So if that's ten, I believe that was the original concepted crew size. That's not bad. Yeah, it's actually a pretty lean crew size for a ship of that size, I think. Yeah, I think that's that'll be fun gameplay because you can get ten people together. Yeah, right. easy. That's, yeah, I do. I, I can picture some of these larger orgs though. Could you imagine like Citizen Kate's org having like a roaming fleet? I would definitely want to know where she is at all times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's pretty aggressive. Yeah, um, you know. that's if they intend to stay pirate life. Maybe that's what they're doing now because it's more fun gameplay. Well, I, you know, and I, I do want the pirates out there. I do. I, I but do I too. also I want. I just don't want to die to them. I want to defend effectively. Right. I do want to see. Um, I do want to see an able force that can defend. I mean, I hate seeing like a hammerhead showing up and there's 50 people there defending. I mean, you know, taking it on. It's just, it's ridiculous. The Navy would never do that. Yeah. If they, it's, it would be so overkill if a major warship showed up, it would just be ridiculous. Um, but we'll see what comes in the future. Yeah. Um, and then Star Citizen Live last week was with the Montreal team. So they um, they talked a little bit about the team members that were there. Um, they happened to be in the UK because um, they were actually trying to um, train on Wrathstar. So, you know, that means that they're training on the tool to help them build stuff out really quickly. Outposts, derelicts, etc. Um, which sounds like a good thing. Uh, they did mention that... Um, Lorville is looking great. It's about double the size of, of what we currently have. Right. Um, and that it should include a lot more opportunity for gameplay. Um, right. They didn't say the initial release would have much more, but they said it had the potential for gameplay. Um, they talked about optimizing how they work next year and, and how work is dedicated, uh, delegated rather and tracked also spoke about derelicts and how they're using sets of parts to increase the speed by which they build them uh, going on in the future. Jared mentioned outposts being a big uh, topic in the future, which I thought they'd been a pretty big topic up until now too. Um, And he did say starting Q1, we're going to be hearing a lot about pyro. Uh, There was a little bit of a faux pas at one point during the episode because one of the members of the Montreal team unintentionally made it sound like work wasn't being done on pyro. Um, when they were talking about 
outposts and derelict outposts. I didn't get to watch it all, so that's funny. I, I oh yeah, to, yeah. I had to stop at one point. But. Jared had to pull one of these. Um, but essentially, yeah, he mentioned that you know because Pyro is dependent on server meshing. The team's been shifting their focus on continuing to build out stuff in Stanton because Stanton's not done, folks. There's actually still quite a few things that need to be done in Stanton, including a change to Port Olisar to make it more optimized with current tech. Um, actually, someone did ask if there was capability of having PO be a derelict. They kind of left that up in the air. But uh, yeah. But they all, there are going to be building out more outposts in Stanton, more derelicts in Stanton. We know we're getting more caves. So they're trying to make content-rich stuff to happen in Stanton because the whole goal of the game is that if you didn't want to leave a system, you didn't have to. Right. Um, obviously, you kind of want to, but you, don't, you won't have to. And you know some of these other areas, they did say that, like for instance, New Babbage, a lot of those buildings are going to eventually become content, you know, whether it's mission locations, housing, even stores and, and, and things like that. As they continue to build out their ability to build stuff quickly, they'll be able to uh, make that content really quickly. Um, what did you what did you think of what you did catch on that episode? I Seager? thought it was good. It was a nice little change. And uh, I was it was good to see them, you know. They've been around for a while, and they've been doing some things, obviously, behind the scenes quite well. Um, but it's yeah. good to kind of see that they have a significant chunk, right? It's not it's not like in the past where you've had groups that were, oh, we're going to build this, and there'd be three people, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they wouldn't get, you know, wouldn't make it there. They just couldn't get it done. Um, this is an organized group. They've been around for quite a while. They're clearly increasing in size, taking on more and more responsibility. So it was good to see it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Um, this week's content. So um, Thursday, first of all, it's the start of Luminalia. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's essentially Banu Christmas. Really fun. You can find lots of presents in the game and exchange those for money. Um so yeah, Did it already start uh, Thursday tomorrow. Oh, good, good. And then on top of that, the episode of Inside Star Citizen is kind of the kickoff to the Journey to Four Point episodes. So really, um, what happened at Citizen Con really uh, kind of leaning into that. Uh, so they'll look at work being done in the Alpha Four Point branch. Um, so. 4.0, 4.1, etc. And so this week, senior sound designer Matt Gabnai takes us on an auditory journey through the process of creating quote-unquote sound concepts for Pyro, including developing reverb unique to the upcoming star system. I'm guessing that has to do with the solar flares and such. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I don't know if there'll be other insight into that inside star system besides that one thing usually there's two parts and sometimes they don't talk about both and then friday will be a follow-up to the uh, flight experience presentation at citizen con where richard towler and yogi clot will just clot will discuss um master modes so definitely check that out submit any questions and 
upvote questions if you haven't done so so far. Hey, uh, speaking okay. of audio, you mentioned that audio. Have you heard the uh, sound? Well, it's actually a video that's called Tail Gunner. No, you mentioned it last night when we were playing, and I, I yeah. Uh, so someone, you can look it up on yeah. YouTube, but someone has put in. Uh, uh, if, if and anyone who's listening, if you haven't heard it, go look it up on YouTube. But it's uh, it's clearly the tail gunner of a on a um, hammerhead, and I think they've dubbed in a couple things in, but um, it really is a great um, great experience. I mean, you put on a set of headphones. I mean, it's going to sound like you're in a spacesuit helmet. You're kind of hearing things reverberate through it. Mm-hmm. Um, things are dulled a little bit, but they're still clear and you know clear enough to understand exactly what they are and to give you a good uh, you know left to right sound. Uh, the ship taking hits and creaking is amazing, uh, and I, it may be that they've just turned up the background and kind of tweaked the audio volumes. Uh, they're also using uh, internal ship comms, you mm-hmm. know, and that is sounds fantastic. Um, a lot of cross chatter going on. It's uh, it's just them playing the game, and it sounds fantastic. So, highly recommend it for uh, those of you who haven't seen it. It's maybe you know maybe two three minutes long, but it's it's well worth it. Excellent. We shall take a look. Well, I'll definitely take a look for sure. Yeah, you'll um, take a listen. Oh, it's a, it is well, a video. You can watch it too. It is a video. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we didn't really get to talk much about IAE, given that we yeah. missed it because of episode issues. Um, but there were a few announcements. We got to see the Drake Cutter, a new starter ship, as Seaguard predicted accurately. Uh, the... Uh, Anvil released the Pisces C.A.R. It's their little medical um, ship. Has a tier one, no, a tier three med bed. Three, right. Really awesome ship. And the modular RSI Galaxy, which it looks kind of like a smaller version of a Polaris. It's almost Carrick size and has three different modules so far. A cargo module, a... um, a uh, refinery module and last but not least a medical module. Um, so good stuff there. Uh, then we also got tons of Jack storylines. So essentially we got to see Jack's talk about ships by experiencing them while stranded in pyro. He was indeed alive. Uh, and we were last left off with him stranded in pyro still after a solar flare hit there. Um, uh, Corsair, uh, but now he's stranded with Bob and Jimmy. So uh, Jimmy was the one who who saved him from pirate gangs and pyro, like a like a badass. And it looks like the production team for IAE is maybe headed to pyro next year, or at least the Whitley's Guide producers are. So yeah, uh, what did you think of IAE as a whole, Seaguard? As a whole, I thought it was mm-hmm. very, very good. I definitely, uh, you know, 100%, 100% liked it. Um, thumbs up. Uh, there's a certain amount of monotony to IAEs, the yeah. walking down and checking out the ships and 
in the hand, you know, part of it is because I do have a lot of them already. It's kind of like, okay. They are but, very, they're very fun for newbies. Yeah. Um, there was something like, I, I really, I just, I thought it was good. I, there was a lot of good things in it. Um, I really thought, you know, kind of like, you know, last year we had, I guess it was the mole was last year. Did we get the, the mule, raft? Mule? You mean? The raft. Yeah. Um, again, uh, you know, another great ship. Um, I, you know, I really liked the, the cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, really, really a nicely balanced starter ship. Uh, yeah. Certainly that is the, that is the level of, you know, that's the gold edition right now. Right. Um, it does make me I mean, more it has excited. everything in it, you know, like, right. Right. You it's, could but see it has the gold standard it has the lights and things like yeah. that on it. Right. Um, it will be nice to see some of the other, other ships get things like that. Um, yeah. and I think, you know, things like the Aurora and the Mustang are going to go, they're going to become much more fun when they're fully at that level. I really do. Yeah. Um, so I was really pleased with the cutter. I really was pleased with the Corsair. Um, I ended up getting the Corsair, which I didn't plan on doing, but I, I had extra ships in my Drake pack. So I just melted my Drake pack and bought Did you get any pack. paints for your Corsair? I take it. I get the three paints for the Corsair. Oh, nice. Um, but I, which one do you like the I, best? I, I really like the yellow one, to be honest with you. The like, yellow one looks great. It does. I really, there's certain the colors. Hinterland. Yeah. Everything is black and red and, and th- those are great. Um, those are great, but I definitely like some of the other ships. Um, the Mustang paint looks fantastic. The one they did. I mean, it's yellow and black. Oh, it. oh it looks like a Hornet. It's just amazing. It looks fantastic. It brings the quality of the ship visually way up. Yeah. Um, I was a little tired of the, you know, the old blue and white, the thunder, was it the thunder colors or whatever they are? Um, this that we always have gotten. They were like dark. They're like a, a royal blue with black or a royal blue with white. They've been around for a long time. And it's good to see some of these other colors coming out for some of these yeah. less, less seen or, you know, ships that are owned by many people, but they're you know, not always seen. Um, no. So I, I like the odd colors. I like the blue and the gray camouflage. Um, yeah. Um, Black is great, but and it's sexy. But let's get some other colors in there. I know, got olive the black, drab. the black and red. I got I got all three. I mean, <laughs> but I to be honest, with you, I have only flown it a little bit. I just got it to keep the, the yellow does color. look so good, though. I I yeah, I, I do think it's it's quite snazzy. What did you? So you got yourself the um, Corsair. What else did you get? Did you get I, anything else? I, from I also got the the Cutlass, or I'm sorry, the uh, Pisces. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I would get it again. It was another one. Uh, I, I I thought I would get what turned out to be the cutter. That I thought I would do. Yeah. But the Corsair just really did impress me. It's it's just a gorgeous ship. Um, and so you I think got the cutter too. I got the cutter and the Corsair. Yeah. In in the pack, I got the whole pack. So oh. I have, you know the Krakens all the way down. Uh, and it didn't cost me any more money because I had already upgraded some ships. Like the steel, yeah. I upgraded the steel to an alien ship. So I just, when I melted it all, that covered oh, the you already of the got Corsair that upgrade cost, yeah, yeah. So it was a oh, kind of good. a wash that's... for me. 
Um, that still but sucks. I, no offense. <laughs> yeah, no, no. When I watched the Pisces, when I saw the Pisces, though, um, I really liked the interior of the Pisces. Like, yeah. It was, it looks like a medical interior, whereas I think like the Cutlass Red has. Um, looks like Grimhex's medical interior without the blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it had a white, sterile interior, um, yeah. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, did you get a Galaxy at all? I did get a Galaxy. Yeah, it's RSI. Which one? I got the I got the industrial. Um, oh, nice. And I got the cargo. Oh, nice. Yeah. The the hospital one looks really cool too, but uh, I have the Endeavor. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Then that's no point. Yeah. So I mean, I have I have a friggin' medical fleet right now. <laughs> I'm excited the most. Well, the cargo one's cool because of right. the they those special cargo tractor beams. They have cargo tractor, two of them, right, to help move your cargo around. So that should be really fast and efficient. Yep. It also carries a ship. Yes, it does. A small, extra small ship, <laughs> or whatever, double X small. Um, but that refinery one looks great. Yep. I I didn't buy the cutter. I almost did, but then I was like, you know what? I don't want to spend any... I I can't say I don't want to spend any new money because I spent a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't get the cutter, but it's awesome. Uh, I got the Pisces C8R, um, and then I did upgrade my... I melted my... Orion to Odyssey upgrade because I was just like, I know I'm not going to use the Odyssey. I like the character so much. Other people have an Odyssey. I could crew other people's Odysseys. I don't need it. I could buy any right. game if I want. But um, so I upgraded my Cutlass to the uh, Corsair. It's a great ship. Uh, it is a great one ship. thing I will say is in atmosphere, it is a drag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a drag. But the thing that I think is amazing about all three ships is you can quickly envision future gameplay potential because it seems like they've finally thought of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Corsair's layout, the fact that they have the docking collar, you see your normal gun rack, a bunch of suit lockers, and then there's even the... um, extra large weapon racks and utility racks. Plus we noticed the other day, or I I noticed and we were talking about it that um, the Corsair, the Pisces and the uh, cutter all have a location for a higher fire hydrant. Corsair having two. They all have one. So, um, and also the Corsair had floodlights in the back that you can turn on. And it also yeah. has um, the Corsair and the cutter both have landing lights when you're landing. I right. didn't notice if the C8R does. I imagine it probably doesn't. It has, it has uh, medical lights, which are fun. Yeah. yeah. But I would imagine they probably didn't. Put because I feel like it, when we when I was looking at the, the another thing we talked about yesterday uh, while I was playing this I was looking at the um, Corsair and the actual exterior lighting 
even the little blinky lights are all like actual bulbs. Like you could see the actual light, which you don't on other ships usually. Usually right. it's like a square or a small speck that emits light. But this actually was a light bulb and it was enclosed. It kind of looks like an industrial light bulb in like a like a, a basement complex. Like it has the metal cage around it. Metal cage around it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Super Just that cool. up where you can put your fingers in there and burn yourself on the bulb. Exactly. Don't ask well, how I Hopefully know that. you're wearing a space suit. <laughs> Don't ask how I know that. <laughs> uh Today, we also got a roadmap roundup. Um, so uh, they just essentially marked a bunch of cards committed for 318, uh, which included today the Drake Vulture, the Cargo System Refactor, Time Trial, Race Missions, Persistent Entities Dreaming, and the Gen 12 Scene Renderer. So looks like 318 is shaping out to be great, um, which leads me to 318. Um, it's, it's been in the PU. We're still in, um, we're still in, uh, whatchamacallit. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted again. We're still yeah. in Evocati. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it looks like it's going to go open or at least wave one this week. That'll be interesting. But uh, you plan rumor on has it. Do you plan on getting on and playing it before it comes live? I think I really kind of want to. Yeah. It I, depends. Yeah, some of it does. Um, I might me, just wait. Yeah, I kind of... I think I'm going to watch content is what I'm going to do. I think I'm gonna just going to keep okay. playing what I'm playing. Uh, I may get on there. I don't know. But... Uh, I. Yeah, if I knew like the whole sea was coming out, I might do that. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited about the. Uh, well, you can ask about it later, but tractor beams. So. Ask about it later. What do you mean? Well, anyway, we're going to talk about uh, other things in the in the show. So I thought maybe you wanted to talk about content that was coming. What's your What are you excited about coming having come out? Well, that's what I was going to talk about with 318. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So I'm excited about tractor beams and somewhat about the cargo refactor. I think that's going to take a little while to, to iron out. But well, what uh, about what do you mean tractor beams? Well, I I want there to be tractor beams, so you know, on ships, right, or bigger scale ones. Um, but I don't think that's 318 yet. No. Oh, I was hoping. Oh, I mean, maybe. I I think we'll get it in 319 if if there's a 319 before 4.0. Wow. I'm really pumped. Got a gummy bear I mean, or a I mean there's there's no indicator that we're getting yeah. it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Just me, you know, looking in into my crystal ball. <laughs> For some reason I just I just thought we would see Maybe they haven't told us, but I was just thinking we would see some kind of ship tractor beam. Not not the tractor, another ve- vessel, right? But something yeah. like um, on the back of the like cutty. The cutty. Or, yeah, the cutty or even the um, even on the back of the raft, right? I mean, the raft has to be able to hoist those damn containers up into the back of it. Yeah. Right? I'm just surprised they haven't released the larger 
like handheld one. Yeah, yeah, like the two-handed tractor beam. Right. That seems like that would be great for three eighteen. Maybe that you never know. Right. Well, I think it has to be. You have to have something that can move an SCU. Yeah. Wait, th- doesn't the normal tractor beam do that? Uh, oh, an SCU is a smaller box, isn't it? Yeah. It's when no, they, it, once no, they the, change over to the larger ones. You can't pick up an SCU right now. It's too big. No, there, there's videos of people doing it in, in Evocati. Oh, I didn't think you could. Yeah, it's it's the right. larger ones, the the 16 and 32 SCU containers that you definitely okay. won't be able to. But what we okay. have now is tractor beamable. I didn't know that. I thought it was just the handheld boxes were yeah. tractable. Yeah, which is why everyone's so afraid of pirating. Well, let's talk about that because that's that's a fear for a lot of people with 318, especially mm-hmm. for those huh. who can't listen to the episode that we recorded and can't play because it's screwed. Um, you know, you go first. And then I'm gonna uh, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna give you my obvious statement. You're gonna it's hopefully it's gonna be one of those things you go. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's really obvious. But go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, I was gonna say soft death is coming. So there's a 70 percent chance that if somebody blows up your ship instead of it actually blowing up, it gets disabled and you don't die and people can board your ship and steal all of your cargo. Exciting. But they have to contend with you. Exciting. Um, I like that. Very exciting. Um, I personally don't think it's going to be that much, but also I think now that gives people a reason to actually crew up their ships. Right. So like, you know, or, and, or have an escort. So to me, I'm excited and I'm cautiously optimistic um, I also think I'm going to be spending a lot of time in a vulture and or your reclaimer because <laughs> supposedly, supposedly the um, whole material is going to be worth about the same as quantanium, so it should be very profitable. Yeah, that's good. What? So, what were your thoughts on the whole piracy thing? So, so the whole thing with piracy, um, I think it's kind of funny because every time I load up a ship. I don't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> There's just not that much profit in it. <laughs> so if you want to board my ship and take the 500 cargo and make the $11 I was going to make, you're more than welcome to it. <laughs> I would, I would imagine it. The most nervous I would be is for the, well, one, I, I think it's just pirates are trying to look for a reason to play. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's a good thing. I so, like, thing. you know, this is probably exciting for Kilgore if he's not, you know, yeah, yeah. in a car on the side of the mountain. Um, Kilgore, where are you? And what do you think about 318 and piracy? Um, but, yeah, I think I think it'll be fine. But if anything, it just adds to the interesting gameplay elements, like being prepared. Yeah. And like, like I said, training for potential boarding actions and, or just defensive maneuvers. Like I can see myself having like a, 
a skirmish with Carrick and some kind of boarding party and figuring out, hey, are we going to survive this? Like right. a Carrick and a Corsair. That'd be really interesting to see. Can you serve like what's yep. the road to success and victory for both parties? Right. So that'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, ships like the Connie, you know, the other day, you know, Will and Kate were, yeah, you know, getting beat by the Connie. If you don't deploy the snub fighter, you don't get, you know, you have a lesser, much lesser chance against the Corsair, but deploy that fighter and the odds go up just because you keep them, you keep the Corsair occupied. Yeah. I think the main challenge is when they say it's fully crewed, their shield operator is the person who's also lobbing missiles. So, and that's usually the co-pilot seat. A fully crewed Connie is four people. You have life support for four people. So in that instance, they have to do it with four people. So I would, I would want to see if they're going to use the snub as, as a a tactic, I would want to see the three other people in the ship, the two turrets and the, and the pilot. Right. Right. And And that would be an accurate representation. That, yeah, I actually think the Connie is kind of, undersized right now yeah certainly the bridge is kind of laid out kind of strange that it definitely needs a reconcepting especially after you go in a corsair and it feels homey yeah and it's a drake ship yeah it's cold as as ever but it feels like homey because the crew has their own rooms it has that like expanse firefly feel to it right but just um, just imagine a connie where the turrets were remote mm. wouldn't that be a difference well and it makes more sense that way yeah that's to me i think that's uh definitely different um right but it breaks uh, the rule of cool oh it does it, it does uh but clearly I, you know, the I, connie's turrets were inspired by the millennium falcon Yes, they were, but I think uh, now we have that pretty much in locked down with the uh, MSR. Yeah, well, I mean it's the closest thing yeah. to it, with the exception yeah, there's, of there's no captain station for there's no captain's room for uh, on the Connie. There's uh, really yeah. the table's not functional right now. Um, it's a little tight. It, it is a little tight. Uh, there's, uh, you know, I think. Um, there's there's a lot of potential with that, and and I hung on to mine because I really do think that, I think it's going to be important. Um, I think they're going to be great ships. They already are. I have a lot of fun in mine, but the interior is mm. a little bit rough. I from from the from the cargo cargo deck back, I like it a lot. Yeah, I, you know, your the side gantries and the docking collars are fantastic. Um, I even I even kind of like the. Uh, you know the ladder that you're that the ladder the uh the airlock going out the bottom of the ship for departing i think that's you know that's a very yeah great thing um uh, but yeah i, I can like see that the top, top airlock it, it's very awkward right it's an unusual position well it's dangerous because it doesn't have an internal door so right i i imagine I would bet that one goes away because they already have the side ones anyway for, for boarding. Right. Right. 
I don't know why it has three to begin with. And there's a lot of weapons that are towards the front. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, on cargo ships, you would probably want a better coverage all around or heavy tail. Yeah, Taurus should have a remote in the back. Yeah, it only has one. The Taurus only has one turret on top. The other one is a tractor mm. beam turret. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because they definitely have to do something with those in relationship yeah. to what they've learned so far. Yeah, I'm I'm very patient about it. I mean, it's yeah they're doing their best and they've got a lot of ships out there and I get it. So, but yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be interesting. How do you think? Um, so with three eighteen, do you think we'll see the new um, maneuver speeds and no? Any of that? You I don't think, think we'll that's see that a away at least. Okay. The the um, what's it called? Master modes. Master modes. Yeah, I think that's a patch away at least. But who knows? I mean, they're talking about it um, on Friday. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a clue. Yeah. But I do think that would have leaked by now. I I don't think I don't think it's a matter of the the mode being done. I think it's a matter of. They need to apply it to all the ships still. Right. Right. So it could be a 318.x patch. Yeah. Depends. I don't know how complex it is to apply it to every ship. Right. But I think I think we're pretty much getting what we are gonna get. I do think we'll probably see another dynamic event. Right. And we'll probably see a straight to flyable for the holiday season. Right. I That's definitely liked, uh, I definitely, uh, I'm excited about 318. I know a lot of people are, but I am keeping my, kind of my hopes reasonable, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm good with whatever they give us, actually whatever they put out, and uh, I do get it. I mean, there's only so much you can shove into the bag for that time period, yeah. and uh, I think they have been pushing hard to get it, and they did tell us it was going to take a while, so. Yeah. I'm I'm really expecting Christmas, but you know they've rushed a few for Christmas, and they may wait until after Christmas. So I think it's uh, based on what they're saying. It sounds like it's a pretty smooth Evo. So I I think we're gonna get the live build this year. That would be great. Maybe 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 it's uh, you know all backers. Uh, if it is, then I'll definitely be going to the PTU. Yeah, but I, I think they'll they'll go to live. Hopefully, let's see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, excellent. I'm I'm excited. I think I'm looking forward to salvage. I'm looking forward to some changes, some more missions. Right. I'm looking forward to starting from scratch again. I'm looking forward to testing persistence to. A T, because like right. For instance, right now my Carrick is at. Where is it at? It's at. Um, why can't I think of the name of it? Hovering above New Babbage. Oh, um, um, Tressler. Yeah, Port Tressler. It's at Port Tressler with a medical Pisces in the hangar and Ursa in the be in the vehicle garage, and. I'm loving I'm loving the fact that the Pisces 
has that fridge storage that actually works. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like dying. I hope they maybe throw that in some of the fridges on the other ships so that maybe I can throw some fruit and stuff in there and, and water and store it, especially with persistence. And the redeemer has that. The redeemer has that also. Yeah. I noticed that. Uh, and see if, uh, see if we could start to sort of pull a citizen Kate and try and live off our ships. I would definitely, uh, I tell you, I would definitely be using the raft like that. Um, Right uh, now, I, yeah, I I put on some new quarrelers. I've never heard of these before, but quarreler cannons on the turrets, and that's one of the ships I've been playing. And it, you know, it's such a good layout on the interior. It's definitely yeah. Argo feel. The, the lighting in the in the cockpit, you can adjust the lighting, unlock the doors. You can do all sorts of stuff. Um, it's a little glitched on the elevator right now. Yeah. Um, and the docking collar, I think it kind of needs a ladder to go down to the ground. You can just, you know, go out the docking port and go down a ladder that folds up um, when you're not in the space. But, I, I, you know, the crew quarters are fantastic. The booth, you got the wall lockers that occasionally work for good storage. The weapons mm-hmm. rack layout is great. Um, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah, you know it yeah. would be the ship I would go fly, and it it carries ninety six cargo. It's a great little ship. Now the downside, by the way, of maybe not the citizen like trying to live off of a ship is uh, in three eighteen, your whole crew can't live off your ship. That's correct, and I'm a big fan so, of that. To be honest with you. So, so that's that's a downside um, for those who don't know. It persistence comes with challenges. And at this point, one of the challenges is because you have to navigate back to the same shard. It's really hard to try and get people logging back into your ship, into your shard, and there's no way to guarantee it. And so because of it, you can't bed log right now. If there are other people in your ship, well, in 318, um, if so, it won't work. You won't even get the option um, because at least for 318, what they want to do is when you bed log, you and your ship disappear so that, you know, it moves to whatever server you do versus being dependent on being on the shard that you were on. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, that's a short term fix for a problem that they were worried about. Um, right. So. Um, that's essentially, um, that's essentially what's going to happen. I'll, but I'll be out more on the rim. I think on the rim of the solar system. In oh yeah. 18. Yeah. I've been, you know, I go out there quite a bit, um, but definitely like flying out, you know, to the, to the, you know, the quantum drop point, And then it'll put you between the station and two asteroid fields and, you kind of got to look around a little bit to get to the to the station and make a short little run in, or you can just go to the mine or to the asteroid fields, right? Um, I think it's interesting out there, and rarely do I see anyone out there. Um, I, there's it's a little bit lacking on some of like, you know, you don't have a lot of weapons stores and things like that. 
But uh, yeah, relatively quiet. You definitely get the feeling you're out there in the middle of nowhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would really like to see them. And we say this every time. Man, please <laughs> let them be listening. But I wish they would make cargo hauling at least more profitable for a short time to make it worth doing. They they did say that they 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 can't change it yet, but they know it's not working right. Yeah, that's right. They did remember that. They did remember that. Yeah. So, not because they listened to us per, per se, yeah. but actually, I can't remember who it was. Was it um, who was it that said Jake listens to us? Oh, that's good. That's good. Hi, I'm Jake. Glad. Hi, Jake. <laughs> Boy, if if only we could get some giveaways, maybe we'd start giving away ships. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wink, uh, wink. Yeah, yeah. We're starting to get kind of popular. Yeah. Kind of. Sorry, Amar and, and Badger. I know you hate ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> wink. You know, you know what we didn't talk about for IE. We we didn't what? talk about the new jumpsuit. Oh, you're you're a subscriber. You mean the uh, the Citizen Con jumpsuit? Oh, was it Citizen Con? Yeah, it just happened to show up at three seventeen four. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a. Uh, I originally, I mean, I thought like I wish I had the Elvis hair when I put that. Yeah. On. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but I do like uh, I like the coverall look. I kind of like it. I liked the. Uh, w- w- uh, speaking of, I, what do you think of this, the best in show skins this year? I thought they were pretty slick. I, I like them. There was, I really liked them. Um, did you like them? I like them. If um, if it weren't for my my favorite IAE skin is when the Carrick first one, and that's the the white, gold, and black with the yeah. yellow glass. That's yeah. my favorite skin for the Carrick. Yeah, I have the white, purple, and gold for the Cutlass Black. And I like that. I used to have it for my caterpillar, so but it's got like a plum or purple color. Yeah. It's the same. It looks really it really does look pristine. But these are very, very good looking skins. I think they they would look amazing to me if it weren't for the fact that I like that other one better. Especially yeah. you know it's you know I like the other one so much because the chance to match my Pisces and my carrot. Mm-hmm. Oh. The fact that I I can't do that because I like that that other skin better. Oh. Right. But you know what right. skin I like on the Pisces that I thought I had but I didn't is that uh uh Fleet Week one. Oh yeah. That blue yeah. and black looks so yep. good. Yep. Yeah, I have a blue and gold one for the uh Reliant and it looks very good. Looks very, very nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it Skins, I definitely like skins, and I'd like to see some more of the commercial skins. I can't wait till they just start like letting you customize in game. Yeah, yeah. And they they have to start defining values by which you could just customize for yourself. Because right. I don't know, you need to be able to have org colors. I feel. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So that brings us to a deluge of content coming to us right now. 
first starting up tips and tricks. Oh, yeah. Uh, dating all the way back to November 5th, Tuki 2D starts us off with bug trick, store gear, loot containers in your ship inventory, and you'll convert them to invisible containers that you can use. Uh, Gothic said, you can store your guns in your backpack slash armor. In order to do this, you need to be carrying the weapon you want to store inside the backpack. Open your inventory screen. Select either a magazine or a bottle from within uh, wherever you want to store the weapon. Right-click it and select carry. It will swap the bottle or magazine with the actual weapon. And keep the weapon in the container until you remove it. So that's a little bit of a hack. I'm sure they'll fix that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Tam, who I just met, actually, in our Discord... Uh, in the parlor house, a couple new guys that are, you know, everyone. In fact, all the new players have been very, very good. It's uh, they're all part of the org now. Yeah. Not the org; they're all part of Parley House. Parley House, Commonwealth. I maybe would be a good term. It's an orgish, orgish. Yeah. yeah. Um, with very minimal rules, you can't no. tell where. Can you tell we're a reactionary? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's an orc that Hamar can tell his jokes in. Uh, <laughs> um, so Mr. Tim said, I'm sure this has been said, but key binding the following can make for a smooth experience. Call ATC F3, open all doors minus and lock or do- all doors equal are some must haves. Yeah. Then Tuki 2D said, I cracked the code. This disappeared, by the way. He must have removed it post IAE, but I'm still repeating it. I've cracked the code. The tribute to Jax McCleary is actually the implementation of selling and merchandising tier zero, where you become the bartender, i.e. <laughs> cut is purple. I just uh, remembered something I was going to say about that. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, so he just brought it up. He said mar- and merchandising. And you said, and you said, uh, IAE. So mm-hmm. did you notice on YouTube that was an, there was an actual commercial for squadron 42 and star citizen when I've seen it several times during IAE. it was a real commercial. Oh, Oh, free to fly the... week in YouTube. Yep. Um, it was running and I think it is the first true marketing for the games that I have seen. Was it Squadron 42 though? I think it was both. But I haven't seen nice. marketing other than that. Is that the free to play video? It is the free to play, but and I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah. But it's a full blown video, right? It explains yeah. what the game is, what the universe is. Uh, the closest I can see to that is some their um, every time they do the patch release and they name the patch, and it's like, what is it like? Uh, I can't remember the even the names of the patches, but like when they release caves, it's like deep dive, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Citizen three point seven point three deep dive. Yeah, no, this was like an actual commercial. I was just like, whoa. Which, you know, remember I said a while back, a big part of going to England, I think, was to start, you know, the marketing. They had the partnership. Um, what, $45 million was brought in through um, mm-hmm. 
through an investor for dedicated and that was for a while marketing. ago too. I'm yeah. sure that helped open up the motion. Uh, yeah, well, maybe not the motion lab, but I my prediction would be we'll see marketing ramp up at the very least at, at um, CitizenCon next year, if not by the end of the year. I I, I don't I think, think we're going to see something. Years. I think we're going to see something before Christmas this year. Oh yeah, maybe. I I I wouldn't put it past them. I feel like we're not going to see anything till after 4.0 personally. That's my prediction. But All right. I'm rarely right, so I'm I would probably be, correct. <laughs> hey, you predicted the cutter being a starter. It's the only one I cut I predicted though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I would imagine if not this time next year, then or if not CitizenCon next year, then this time next year. Yeah, but we'll see. So that was my piece. I didn't. I I just forgotten to mention that, and I had been meaning to talk um, about that. No worries. <laughs> now I'm uh, depressed I... again. Need another gummy oh. bear. <laughs> huh? Need another say? gummy bear. <laughs> um, oh, I did end up having a gummy bear, by the way, and it hasn't quite <laughs> hit yet. <laughs> But I've been drinking gin and tonic. Well, there you go. With my UK raspberry gin. So good. Um, Connect 2099. This was when he was posting us questions because he's he was cut out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, and, and content, essentially, like he was saying, what he would say if he were in the segment. So uh, he said, my tip is to make a trader hauler less enticing to potential pirates. Actually, this is very relevant right now. Uh, currently, most players who want to make money usually try to fill their ships with the highest value and highest return commodities. That makes a player. Um, that means a player is likely to try and fill their C2 or Caterpillar with the Grecium or Laranite. In the AMA, it states that cargo boxes are now color coded for type and are scannable. Well, if you want to make your ship less appealing to a pirate, when you buy a Grecium, for example, only fill your ship to three quarters with it and fill the rest with another cheap commodity of the same type. Um, metal, in this case, like aluminum. The boxes are identical for a same commodity type, meaning a pirate will have to sort through and scan each box, or at least take the time to look at each, depending on how the color coding changes, to know which box boxes are Grecium and which are aluminium. Initially... When it was an explosive loot pinata, a pirate might think that of 600 SEU worth of identical boxes in which 45% are destroyed means that potentially a quarter or more of the boxes that are there are not worth the trouble. <coughs> Even now with soft, soft death, a pirate will still have to come on and sort which is valuable and which isn't. Sure, you have uh, to take a bit of a hit on your profit margin, but you lower your value as a target to potential pirates who already have to invest time in hand handling the cargo and selling it at a no questions asked kiosk. Adding a sifting requirement just makes it less appealing probably for now. Anyways, uh, I will say this Canuck remember the pirates didn't have to pay for the boxes. So those boxes 
are now even more valuable than for the person trading because they actually had to pay for it. Right. So to me, it, then the question becomes, do you make it a loop pinata or do you leave it and board and try and move the cargo? Good point. Ships like the Taurus also have a non-scannable area, MSR. Yeah. And what's it uh, called? A Taurus. Uh, a uh, smuggler. There's a specific word. It doesn't matter. Just a specific phrase I was thinking of, but doesn't matter. Uh, Yeasty Dynasty says, here's a tip. Do not use the elevator on the Carrick while in quantum travel. Smiley face. <laughs> um, and he had a picture of himself on a Carrick elevator as if it was like a magic glass elevator in the middle of space. Uh, to which Tech Zero said, I see that you're not wearing a helmet. How long did you last out there? <laughs> um, and he said, if I would have stayed on the platform, I would be fine. The minute I walked off, I suffocated and died. Oh. Uh, Gothic said, if you want to experience a preliminary version of multi-crew roles, just get a co-pilot. There is a bug in the game currently that the last person to take a seat, whether it's the pilot or co-pilot, has control over the power triangle. Not the pilot by default. Interesting. Uh, Mach 3. Yeah, I thought anyone who sat at a seat had control. Interesting. Uh, this is probably more pertinent before IAE, but since we're after it, sorry guys. Uh, Mach 3 generic said, before you melt a ship, remove any components you upgraded. Have fun grinding them back otherwise. <laughs> and then Tuki2D said lost carrick elevators can still try to make their way home when pressing the buttons it's bizarre <laughs> but funny flying past Stanton's son with such an elevator <laughs> it's magic it's magic but really jake jake listen to me who do we gotta talk to to get some giveaways huh is it jared jake <laughs> <laughs> Any other SC devs out there? Um, what about yourself, Seaguard? Any tips or tricks? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so let's see. Um, uh, it's kind of more of a for science, but I will tell you, uh, we you know I won't have anything for science. You can actually it's carry totally <laughs> a Knox. In your 400i bike bay, it fits correctly. Any special way to do so, or are you just? No, I just I. Oh. I always wondered if it was fit. If it would fit, I looked at the size comparison between that and the X whatever what it is by Origin, and uh, they're the same length. So I just backed it onto the pedestal, shut off the the motor, and put it up there. So if nice. you're waiting for that, if you're waiting for that bike or whatever to come out, you can just use a Knox for now. Well, it probably works even better because of the new, the new quote unquote new changes to the GravLev. Yeah, I feel like if it were before, it wouldn't work. Correct. It does. It does. I, I just I found that I had to back it on because of the shape of the back of the bike, but um, it went in perfectly fine. Oh, God. 
That sounds like an episode title, except I already have one in mind. Oh. Because anything that sounds slightly <laughs> sexual <laughs> it has backwards. to be an episode title. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly fine. Yeah, I have a, yeah. I have a bad um, feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually have a tipper trick, too. Jake, okay. seriously, Jake, here's a tip. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> all right, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Drake coveralls. Drake coveralls. I could, I could not help myself. And that brings us to... For science, Jake. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, for science is our segment where we talk about what we did in the name of science this past week. Or, in this case, this past month. <laughs> um, so, submissions from listeners. Noctis Actual said, On me birthday, no less, November 2nd. The new suits give me Star Wars Old Republic vibes. So, this is for science. And then Canuck said, I've been consistently bedlogging in a variety of ships. Best results have been when in space or on the landing pad at outposts. Something that Seaguard says he's had success with. In space, the ships don't have geometry to clip through, and on pads, it seems to buffer. Or it seems the buffer created by the pad uh, to the ground really prevents losing the ship in the planet. However, 100% of the time, the ship had landing gear up. But yep. so far, in about a month of testing, bed logging has worked nearly 100% of the time. Not anymore. Milk said... That's right. Uh, Milk said, I tested some stuff with the bug where your right hand points up while flying. The fastest way to fix that bug is by unequipping your helmet or HTMH and put down the box. HTMH? Uh, sorry, SMTH. I don't know what that means. Smith? <laughs> Smythe? Or STMH and put down the box. By picking it up and equipping again, the bug will go away. Anybody know what SMTH means? SMTH? I do not know. Um, Something? I don't know. I keep saying, like, shaking my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's an extra letter in there, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, sounds good, Milk. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry again. Uh, CM Freeze said, I don't know what that means. Hang on. I'm confused. He just replied to me in that and said, at way too geeky, I think it was a Drake Herald, but I don't know what he was replying to. So I'm like, did I miss something? Or was that in response to something I said in the, uh, in the podcast? Drake Herald, I don't know where that would come from, though. Oh, he was replying to his previous statement. So his previous statement the week before was, for science, I took a Vanguard Sentinel and tried ramming it into a ship and see how long it would last. I hit one ship, destroyed it, one tap, 
and was only missing the front right wing. And he didn't go any further to say what he had hit. And he said, I think it was a Drake Herald. So he was replying to what ship it was. Gotcha. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, And then he said, CN Freeze or Fries said again, I tried soloing a bunker since it's free fly and I used the A2 and my Spartan. My A2's engine stayed on and it floated away and I drove into the water and blew up. Don't drive in the water. (laughs) That's almost like a Dave Matthews song. Don't drive in the water. (laughs) For those who don't know, there's a song called Don't Drink the Water by Dave Matthews. It sounds just like that. That's probably better, but I don't know. I've had those games before, so I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nothing like a Nothing like a ship flying off in, into the distance. That's the most oh, yeah. annoying. You're like, why does it seem like a balloon? Yeah. Or yesterday, whole... we didn't even mention Seaguard. Both of us kept falling because we were on... Um, <laughs> the wind. Yeah, yeah on uh, Cleo, right? Yeah, Cleo, yeah. Yeah, I, that this was... was knocking us off. Yeah, you'd step out of the... I would step out of my Ursa rover, and it would immediately knock me on my butt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd open the step back out hatch. Of the bunker? It would knock you on my butt. You fall on your ass. Yep. Walk into the bunker before the doors close. Knocks you on your ass. It. Yeah. Uh, I clipped through the Ursa rover. Got on the roof by accident, and then it blew me mm-hmm. off the off the rover <laughs> onto the stairs. And I don't mean the middle of the stairs or the bottom of the stairs. I mean the landing. So it's <laughs> about ten feet. Uh, Human projectiles. <laughs> it's like wow. There's so many good episode names at this point. Oh yeah. Um, Pain they said I'm on the live server refitting the arrow and look what comes up on the loadout manager lol and what he did was he he showed an image with arrows there were options for the drake vulture weapon makes total sense they pseudo had the vulture in for IAE as an asset so they probably accidentally loaded that portion of the ship in too that's cool that's cool yeah I like that so that was for science. Uh, you mentioned that this would have been your science. Do you have anything else? But, but you know, I do think I did think of something. So, um, and okay. this is kind of for science. It's it's a, a little bit about a product. Okay, so this will pertain to anyone who's got a stream deck. I did two things. Mm-hmm. One is I found a site called Icon City, and they sell packs of icon sets for different games including two different packs for star citizen all right one uh one of them was just upgraded to 407 icons the other one is 300 i think 300 icons um but so i i bought one of the packs and it is extremely easy to install i mean literally you download the icon set and you double click on it and it immediately populates your your Elgato stream deck. Um and they have, you know, setups for fifteen or thirty-two or even the new plus um Elgato, which has three new knobs and a scroll screen. Um and they are set up to actually interface directly with the game right out of the box. So mm-hmm. once you download it, it literally is like fifteen seconds, load the game, double click. 
15 seconds later be in the game or whatever it takes you to get in and you can start wiping your face shield they have them grouped around like on foot activities um, mining activities cockpit activities um and then you can and moby glass is another one um and then and there's just lots of them i mean there there's not only are there different different types of icons but there's basically covering everything you can do in the game i mean literally i mean it's crazy it's it's really well done so if you have a stream deck and you've been wondering how you can kind of incorporate it into the game this is certainly a thing to go look at it's called icon city uh, they're coming out of england very impressed they also do flight sim stuff for anyone's out there they do some um, also some stuff for like you know word or microsoft office products and some others so uh, very good the second part is is i talked about that new stream deck so i i have the small 15 button stream deck which is it, you know it's a great device I, I i had been struggling to really incorporate it into star citizen so um this kind of brought it into focus for me but i wanted to try out the new one which comes with basically eight buttons across the top a touch screen um, which is the equivalent of having four buttons, but you can scroll left and right on it to expose more and more buttons. And then four knobs, each of which can be pushed in or rotated um, mm -hmm. to select icons in a category. So let's say you pick... Oh, nice. Right, let's say you pick walking and then you pick um, helmet on um, and then you want to go to inventory, right? You can just, instead of hitting I, you can just scroll, you can turn the wheel so you get the I uh, or inventory and then hit the button on the knob, or you can just tap the touch screen. Uh, so there's a lot of things this thing does. And again, it's literally download a file, unzip it, double click on the, on the setup, not even a setup, what is it called? A configuration file, really. And it automatically loads it all into your Elgato. Um, so it's into the stream deck. So pretty nice. cool, pretty, you know, pretty decent. It's 20 pounds. I think, yeah, there's 20 pounds for each of the two icon sets. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I wanted to give it a try. Um, I may sell, I may send back the Elgato, the new stream deck, because the other one really is pretty darn good. I mean, that's the 15 button one really does a good job. Um, I just loaded up the new one the new one today so uh i'll be out you know i'll have bought an icon pack for it but uh still uh not it's pretty expensive it's double the price of the 15 button one so nice. that would be my for science right excellent yep. so now that brings us to your question of the week oh my music Outer Mongolia. You drive across the amazing steps of the Aurora Borealis. I feel like I would hear that song like in the market at Levski. Yeah, I could see that. I also the want to Grand hear it Bizarre. playing. I want to hear it off the little intercom system in the, in the galley of the ship when the guy's making up some stir fry. The Big Benny's uh, yeah. delivery van. That's right. 
That's it. <laughs> I, I got to so, make another one of those. <laughs> so we've got um, two of your questions of the week at, at this point now. I just posted uh, them. Well, that would be a third, but. Oh. Wait. Hang on. I'm just double checking. I have both. Or at least I have your question. Oh, I do. Okay. I was like, where is it? My script is very rudimentary. <laughs> Not very good information architecture. Hey, uh, so, better than I am. <laughs> at, well, every time we I mention script, people are like, you have a script? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did, did you think we were just winging it? Because no, it's a winging lot it. to wing. He has a script. <laughs> That's just how bad I am. <laughs> I don't sound like there's a script. Um, but you guys keep coming. Um, so uh, you asked on November 1st. <laughs> 1692, Seagard asked. <laughs> yeah, it, that, this feels like a year ago. I feel like we answered this, but we did in the episode that we didn't air. You said, would you like to see a hand-carried equipment bag to carry on to your ships okay. <laughs> or friendships uh, keep it packed and you're ready to go what would you put in yours so mr mystery said yeah why not even medical supplies or load it up with ore and drag it back to the ship cm fry said absolutely that'd be great drowse said heck yeah that'd be cool my tools for lock picking other people's ships <laughs> brother squid said i have been planning to prepare for bags and boxes just like this food and water a pistol and some ammo multi-tool and attachments with a handful of med pens just in case keep a small stack of them as to-go bags or go bags in my hangar to save time and make sure i have the basics before i head out uh and then cm fry said yes that would be cool LA32344 said, super duper cool. Love the idea of a go bag or overnight bag. S. Gateman said, yes, absolutely. But only when persistence is in and I can count on it staying there. Somewhat right. related, but I think most ships should have a first aid cabinet that is actually usable and is restocked automatically when resupplying at spaceports. Depending on the size of the crew, it might have a couple med pens or similar, just enough to present yourself from dying or to keep someone else um, or to help someone else before the ambulance arrives. Most commercial places and all commercial airplanes have first aid kits. So unless this is a reality, I'd have a first aid bag on any multi-crew ship. Um, good point. Yep. Uh, and I think a lot of ships, we do see that. We even see it on the, um, on the Hyperloop. You just can't access them. They're just there. It's like a yeah. cross, green cross usually. Yeah, you see it in a lot of ship bathrooms. Um, CM Freeze said, I'd like to see a multi-tool attachment that would suck things into your armor or backpack storage. That would be um, really interesting. It'd be like um, Katamari or something like that. <laughs> uh, Skyguard1 said, yes, but I'd like it to be something I can pre-pack and leave in my hangar or ship. Undead Parrot said, would be, would be actually great if you could set up a bag like that as part of some insurance. So it would be delivered to you when you wake up at the hospital. I do have a feeling under parrot that 
your belongings that they've recovered on your body. Oh, no, if you're at a hospital, you you weren't recovered. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, that was the original plan. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool on Dead Parrot. <laughs> uh, Yeasty Dynasty said, I'd be down for this. I'd probably put med supplies and food and drinks and a pistol or two with some ammo. Escapement said, yes, this would be awesome. It's so frustrating to, ha- to go shopping when you die. I'd rather just get my bag and go, even if it's just nutrition, med pen, and a pistol, just like when you first start the game. Dip McJunkin said, gamify it enough to not be tedious, but make it fun. Mach 3, generic said, a bug out bag? Yes, please. Probably would end up having a few, depending on the pickle I find myself in. Illusions 2 said, yes, I very much want a double dog. Oh, I very much want a double dog dealer in Grim Hex, and having a bag would make it seem more real instead of just pulling them out of nowhere. Um, Canuck said, Mary Poppins. And he did have the picture, I believe, of Mary Poppins pulling stuff out of her bag. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Cinder 111 said, I would very much like a bag in which I can put a full armor set or maybe more than one gun. Yeah. Uh, 2D said, player. Yeah, exactly. Tuki Tuki said, not my favorite fighter, but I do love the compartments on the Gladius and Scorpius for yeah. the bug out potential in fighters. I can imagine being disabled and in a smoky mesh mess and crashing to the ground, then smack, smacking the shipwreck components open so I can grab my gear and letting the survival begin, which sounds a lot like the recent Crossroads post. So I think my answer is yes, please. Mr. Tim said, I'd grab a bag or two as far as contents. I'm thinking more as a bug out bag or even one to pass to an unprepared friend that shows up, which would pretty much, which would be pretty much the same contents either way. Multi-tool with tractor beam, uh, cruise water, med gun, med pen, pistol for sure. And so that wrapped up that question. Uh, I agree. Bug out bag or whatever. I would try and make it... And then speaking of sort of this is it brings me back to the Citizen Kate video with the Corsair. And I think the thing that was really cool with her is she was putting boxes on ships in certain on her ship in certain locations based on what she thought people would want and need. Right. Right. And then she would put a box with water and and other essentials in the, the kitchen area. And then she would have other things in other places. She also bought a bunch of extra uniforms and put them in the storage for people to pull from their rooms. Right. Now, I, I have to tell you, uh, kind of a mini bug out bag I had in the military, you know, 21 years, uh, only eh, 12 or 13 years of that were field kind of duties. But mm-hmm. I tell you, it truly, truly was important. So I had this bug out bag that basically I kept a paperback book in and toilet paper at all times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The real trick here was that it was uh, one of these things from Dave's Sporting Goods. It was a camouflage <laughs> folding stool <laughs> with a canvas seat. <laughs> so, oh, my God. It was. So that you could sit at any point. Oh, yeah. It, and you could do your business at any point because if, oh. you're, if you're a guy in the woods – 
you know, in Germany, yeah, go find a tree. Life is good, All right? Uh, find it. In fact, you don't have to look hard for a tree. You need to find a scenic spot. That's really what you're looking for. But in the desert, much more challenging. Mm. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that would be a great little inside joke to have as a as a, a concierge or a subscriber gift: a folding stool with a pouch for toilet paper and a magazine. <laughs> Do you hear that, Jake? Yeah, you could. A folding you stool. Could, you could stencil on the bottom, Captain Alley. Hmm. So. Oh goodness! Um, I use weird stories, but they're true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last recording weeks ago. You asked, do you think some ships will be easier to load, excluding for size, of course? Which ones do you think will be the easiest and will gain the most benefit? <clears throat> Consider loading on a station, on planets, and outposts. So CN Freeze said, I think the caterpillar ugh, I think the caterpillar will be easiest to load because of the side doors or the cutty black. Silver Volk said at big cargo terminals, the Argo Raft and Miss Cole series ships would have a big advantage over any ship that needs to be loaded via a ramp. At outposts, I reckon that the ships, it'll be the ships with external tractor, tractor beams that will have the advantage. That's assuming that, um, you know, outposts and other locations don't have ground-based tractor beams at that time. But yes, as they currently stand, you're absolutely right. Uh, Mavro said, dedicated cargo haulers must have lesser loading times, whether it's NPC task or players. I assume the ship structures already help us in all haulers should we decide to load the ship ourselves. But I think that it would also mean lesser loading wages and loading times for NPC in the future. I think that's a good point, Mavros. Right. right. You got to differentiate them somehow, especially uh, a prime example of this is a Carrick fits almost as much storage as a caterpillar about 100 su less but still a meaningful amount and their cargo pods are real easy to load <laughs> but right. why is the character not a hauler and maybe maybe they just have to factor in the expense or or something to make it a more expensive ship to run uh, as strictly a hauler i don't know although it's also multi-role in a way so um oh go ahead I was going to say, so this one is kind of driven by by a couple experiences I had in the military, but also like a fascination with ships. Mm -hmm. So um, just to give you guys some background on it. Um, so I got to load ships during Desert Storm at Bremerhaven, a big port in Germany, and I had multiple shifts going on. I was a lieutenant, had a night shift with a group, um, and you, know, you could load 700 vehicles a night. We'd be pretty good take a couple breaks for soup and coffee but cold wet moving around but you're mostly just getting in and driving onto a ship they're drive on and drive off ships right they're big car haulers and literally car car transports and things like that um and they were it was pretty fascinating to do that but it kind of showed me how those are very very manual they're kind of manual uh, they take a lot of labor to shackle them all down and everything um the second experience yeah. was actually going in uh, was actually later when I went to Somalia and, you know, there's a port right where Black Hawk 
uh, down and all that occurred. I got there just after that, so I was I was lucky. But um, there was nothing there to load ships, right? But the ships that were coming in actually had the ability to unload themselves. So there's different categories of ships, and they're they're called different things. But coasties, for example are generally smaller cargo ships that have the ability to load themselves and unload themselves. And they can, they have built in cranes on the decks and things like that. And they're really useful in underdeveloped areas where, you know, there's not going to be a big port or maybe it's just a small community that lives right next to a, an old concrete dock or something. Right. Um, so they're very useful on those. And I think of something like, uh, a raft being of that nature, right? It can hoist its own cargo up or lower its own cargo down, and it's good. Um, when you look at something like a ship that's, a, say, on the Great Lakes, um, some of them are going to have cranes, but they're going to have cranes to load from the dock into a well, a cargo well in the ship. Um, again, it gives them an advantage. You know, they're they're set for certain passages, like they can sail the Great Lakes and through many of the locks and canals that are required, um, and there may not be facilities there. Um, when you're at a big port, they have all the facilities at the port, and the ship has to do very little with it. It's just a matter of how much you can stack and fit in the ship. So those are certainly oh. things like you know the hull E, right? Um, but when you get into a ship like the hull B, you know, that's going to be an interesting ship. You know, could you take it down to a planet regularly or the hull A for another one? Could you take it down to the planet regularly and would it unload as fast as the, you know, as you expect it? Um, I'd love to see something like the Caterpillar, you know, with a long front end that has some cranes or tractor beam kind of equipped to the top of it to top load it. Everything we see is bottom load ramps and things like that and i think those type of things are cool um and when we get to the smaller communities you know i think that you know ships like a freelancer if if there's no loading facilities on the ship you're going to have to do it by hand you're not going to want to load a caterpillar you're going to want to load a freelancer (laughs) it's just it's not going to be it's not going to be worth your time or your money and it's going to be or you're going to pay too much for the labor so yeah. that's what drove this question. Um, so uh, there's also ships based on size. Um, so if you hear a Panamex ship, a cargo ship that's called a Panamex ship, it mm-hmm. is literally limited to fit through the Panama Canal. Oh, so that, right. So that could, you know, it's a big ship still, but its width is narrow. Um, if you get something, what's the other type? Um, the Suez, a Suez ship, right? It's named because it'll fit through the Suez Canal. Um, then you have others that are they're bigger, but they have to go around the Cape of Good Hope and things like that. So they have mm-hmm. different abilities. Um, so I think there's something to play with there in the um, in the game, and we see some of it within things like the Taurus having a tractor beam or the Cutlass Black having a tractor beam or the Raft. Um, I think that's a good way to bring value to some of these other size ships other than, let's say, a hull E or a hull D. Mm. If that makes sense. No, it does. For sure. Um, excellent. Uh, ah, there we are. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, 
where were we now? <laughs> yeah, so I kind of, yeah, that was wrapping up that all, that series. But the, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Milk had said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Milk. I think, I think the gummy hit. Um, no. <laughs> milk had said, yes, I think the Argo raft will be the quickest to unload and load yeah. out of all ships, especially to unload since you just need to drop the containers and switch them out. Since these containers are standardized in size, we could expect that settlements and stations and outposts have container unload and load accommodations. Uh, Canuck2099 said, uh, in respects to versatility use as well as access, the constellations will rule that because of the drop-down cargo bay. It's a good point. Right. Uh, I do think that's going to be a factor. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, right there versus... You know, even the caterpillar that, like you mentioned, the elevator up and then having to load it and then down again, who knows how much the elevators can hold. And that's right. every cargo pod. Right. Milk said, we can be curious to see what types of ship loading CIG will bring into the game. It will make a big difference whether um, only... Um, It'll make a big difference. Uh, for example, only tractor beams, which are built into the hangar, are implemented, or if you or the AI will need to load your ship with a forklift-like vehicle, possible for outposts, for instance. Uh, so there's no definitive answer to Seaguard's question. It'll all come down to what they implement. If said something, if I said something wrong or missed anything, please correct me. Haven't had much time lately watching slash reading all their stuff. No, I think you're right, Milk. It de definitely depends on what you have access to, um, for right. sure. Yep. And, SK. you know, we, okay. we already kind of know that there's going to be different size of jump, um, I guess, uh, what kind of wormhole? Uh, yeah. what, are, what are we calling those? Jump points. Uh, jump points, yeah. So there'll be different size jump points, and that's where I think it's going to be interesting that you know, some big ships are going to be very limited to where they can go, and they're going to take a long time to get there. But you get a ship like the Hull E, or I'm sorry, like the Hull B, which is a one-person okay. ship with 300-something cargo, and it's medium. That's a pretty versatile ship. Yeah. Um, same thing with, uh, you're going to have like a Carrick carries a decent amount of cargo, and it's armed. It's going to be a, actually not only a good explorer, but a good cargo hauler for real in tougher places. So, yeah, I think cargo. I think so. I think the extra equipment on ships can make a big deal, and I and I hope they give us that type of utility in some of our ships. Mm, probably, I would imagine. Yeah, so. I, I think they will. Yeah. Um. And then uh, S. Gateman said, yes, I imagine there'll be a difference and faster loading may come at a premium cost, especially for those who don't want to hang around a dangerous area too long. Dedicated tractor beams, specialized pods um, may speed up loading times as well. Different ships are also suited for different types of hauling, such as the larger hull series, which I cannot land with cargo. Um, 100%. Right. Uh, I guess to me, yeah, I think extra exterior cargo will be fast, um, especially in well-populated areas. Uh, I think <clears throat> the um, the Argo raft is going to be great. 
for a smaller cargo hauler, I think they'll be pretty common in system. And then you're going to see the larger cargo haulers go between systems where the profit's going to be worth the, the load time. Right. I think that's the big thing is we're, we're still in a single system mentality and yeah, maybe a load time, let's face it, maybe a load times three hours. Like what, what we deal with sometimes with the refinery stuff or, you know, um, but you're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars of profit potentially. Right. Um, at which point it's only millions and millions of dollars because you're bringing it three or four systems over, not to the same system that doesn't have any need for it. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I can tell you that, you know, in real life, you know, we were easily loading, you know, we did 28 ships in less than 30 days. So, yeah. And, and that was only a couple hundred of us. It wasn't like a, and we weren't necessarily trained. We were just, you know, a bunch of army guys running around and basically if you could and without start space it, you drive it. Yeah. And without, <laughs> without space, space tools, no less. <laughs> yeah. If you can start it, you could drive it. That was the rule. I remember a guy going by in a low boy trailer, probably 18 like, years if old. If it fits, it sits. And, and the back wheels on the trailer are locked because he can't figure out how to undo the brakes, but he's driving that thing on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> the tires are just squealing. It's like, oh, <laughs> just yeah. now. Uh, now, Seaguard, hmm. what's your question for this week? So this was I, I took a little different route this time. Um, so this is a little bit about talk about your favorite site or something that you know you like, but uh, the. This is maybe we'll give some people some advertisement here and also give them some ideas for some some things we might like to make the game better um, while not depending on CIG. So the, so the question is, what are your favorite non-CIG apps, tools, and sites for Star Citizen? What do you think is missing? Wow, we already got quite a few. Yeah. And um, I, I, you know, I know there's several out there that we've used along the way, and they've all been they've been great. I mean, there's some very common ones about equipping your ship, but like uh, navigating. Uh, you know, someone's probably pretty smart about how to figure out how to navigate once you're trying to find a location on the planet. You know, yeah. I think that would be a great thing. You know, say fly in this direction for so many minutes, and you know, have a timer or something. I don't know how it works, but help us navigate to, to places that we've been to before or, um, you know, help us map things or build a picture of the planets, right? You know, how can we map the planets? Uh, those would yeah. be like samples of things I would look for. <clears throat> but I just thought that would be a good way. Maybe uh, certainly some of the sites can use the advertising and that'll help them get more people using them, maybe get some more funds in from donations to build better, make their tools better. And it also will give someone an idea to create something that's not there now that that might be even better than that. So, I think it's a great question. <laughs> I yeah. won't repeat my coworker's name who has that accent, but he uh, stands out. Scotty. He's very Scot. He's very Scottish. Yeah. Um, now we get to the Q and A, which we didn't have any last time we recorded, but since then we've got quite a few. Uh, Connect 2099 said four questions. Uh, and he said, in case you did not get to the topics during the regular segments and discussion. <laughs> oh. um, 
Plus, we know you like the number four Canuck. That's right. Um, that was that was his lot. You know, his pride and joy was four questions almost every week. Uh, first question: Do you think that with the soft death, the crew will survive, or will the pilot and crew die just like it was regular death, and simply the ship will persist? Well, we already know Canuck. Uh, the crew won't die in a soft death. Um, that was confirmed in the Q and A. This was right before the Q and A, so obviously we can't blame you for that. <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't anyway, but yeah, you, you should survive. Who knows if there's a chance that that might change depending on where you are on the ship or whatever, but supposedly you'll, you'll remain. Uh, number two, since the snapping to the grid for cargo is in my opinion, essential, do you think the UI will be improved to permit players to better distribute their cargo on the ships so as to improve access or layout to keep room for vehicles, for example? Um, I don't know if there's a UI because there's nothing that would, and correct me if I'm wrong, Seaguard, but unless it's a ship where it actually has like tractor beam things, there's no tool to change the layout. It's really about what you snap it to. Yeah, I think, I think what, yeah, I think what they're talking about is like right now, if I want to load my Andromeda with a Ursa Rover, if I put it to the back of the ramp, or the back of mm -hmm. the yeah of the uh, lift, can you then snap I can three... still put some front cargo yeah. on. Um, I think but, you'll be able to do that, but even if you fill the ship, and I, and I do think that I do think the tool they showed gave you different areas you could prioritize for like different cargo. Like I could put drugs in an, in the hidden compartment. Right, because right now you can't do that on like a a, a Taurus. You load and but I feel just... like you have to. I feel like you have to. Oh yeah, I don't remember the UI and the interface itself. Yeah, they have a um, picture of the ship. They're using a model. Yeah. With with. Oh uh, no, I I remember it. I just don't remember some of the facets of it, like you just mentioned. Yeah, that was my takeaway when I what I remember of that was that that gave you some of that ability. So you don't have to worry about having perfect 90-degree stacks. It'll kind of lock itself in. Yeah. Um, and then you can actually... Yeah. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah. Uh, third question. Not being a Carrick owner myself, I but I do feel like the Carrick might be kind of a hassle to load manually. Thoughts from you, Geeky, being a big Carrick booster. Um, totally understand. Yes, it would be a terrible thing to load manually currently but the cargo pods are supposed to drop to the ground and they have clamshell doors, which should make them even easier than the Caterpillar to load because you don't have to keep moving the doors up and down. You fill the cargo pod and then you close it up and pull the pods right. up. Um, so yeah, it is now. Luckily, we don't have to manually load and I wouldn't be pirating anybody, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, it won't be in the future. So, like, for now, if I'm trying to, if we're, like, doing the whole, if, if we have a bunch of vultures out there and we're trying to salvage, we'd probably load a C2 or something easier with the uh, resources while we're out there scavenging. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I keep sort of yawn, yawning. Um, and not because I'm tired, it's like I'm out of breath. 
It's weird. Old, fat, and high. Um, <laughs> Makes you have bald added in there. That's my line. Balding. <laughs> Slowly but surely. That's right. Um, and then fourth question. Are you guys surprised at the number of new ships, concepts, and releases, releases upcoming for IAE? Do you think that's always the plan or that some stuff has moved to offset the delays for 318? Um, I, I was surprised at how many straight to flyables there were too. I, 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 uh, I don't think I was really surprised by it. It makes sense. I mean, one's yeah. not a full concept ship and they used yeah. a lot of assets from existing ships. Right. Um, the cutter is brand new, but as other folks have mentioned, it looks kind of kit bashed, which I mean, I think that's the way Drake ships are trying to look. Right. Um, but still it's, it's a pretty strong ship and it does share a lot of elements. If you look at the, uh, Corsair, the cockpit of the color cutter looks like the co-pilot cockpit turned around. Right. Right. And then the top of it looks like the back of the Corsair. And there's just a lot of shared elements. The Vulture yeah. thrusters are on the cutter. I, you know, I look at the, um, the cutter to me is very different than the previous starter ships with the exception of the, um, Reliant. The Reliant was, mm -hmm. uh, similar to the cutter in the fact that it is a utilitarian vehicle, right? You drop a ramp, you slap boxes in it. It, uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's not that sexy. It's, mm -hmm. it is just what it is. Uh, whereas I look at the Aurora and I look at the Mustang and they're like family cars with a rack on them for cargo. Um, yeah. Right. They're just not quite the same. Same thing with the 100. I, um, I think that, I think that that look of the cutter is a style I'd like to see more of, especially like an, um, an Argo mm -hmm. style starter would be interesting. Yeah. That's a true. It's interesting to say that a utility ship, right? These are not family cars or family vans being used for a company. These are truly mm. things you would buy. These are like the utility trucks you see working on the side of the road or, mm -hmm. you know, ambulance chassis and things like that. So, um, yeah. So I think I, I really like what they did with that. I think they nailed it perfectly and they, and they didn't, you know, it would have been really easy to make that ship 12 cargo and it would have been equal to the, titan right you know which i always thought was too much cargo for a starter ship uh, but mm -hmm. this is a true starter ship and it you know it's got what four cargo i think is what it can carry maybe it's even two but uh uh i think it's i uh, know i uh i can't remember if it's two or four it's one of those yeah yeah but i thought i thought it's a great great thing yeah it was a slick ship Yep. Um, to say um, slick considering it's really cumbersome and blocky, but I mean, like it's a great design. Um, I would say uh, Canuck, the only other thing to note is I think, I think it's been made pretty clear and I don't know who, I don't know how it was articulated, but I feel very, very sure safe in saying this, but ship releases are planned out very far in advance. Um, I wouldn't be shocked 
if the marketing team has the concept releases and ship releases planned out for the next six to 12 months in advance. I would say it's probably true. Um, that's my guess. And then, then the question is, if they complete the ship on time, is it straight to flyable or quick release? Because that's what they're really going for. Even, even the, um, I have a feeling the RSI ship will be pretty quick to release the galaxy, but who knows? Yeah. I could be very wrong. Um, but I think, I think the galaxy is probably what they're using to prototype for the Perseus and the Polaris, to be quite honest, at a smaller scale. I think the C1 is going to be pretty quick release also. Uh, yeah, I think we'll see that Q1, Q2. The, maybe the latest Q3. We'll see it next year for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like they they figured that would actually be a really easy release because it's got so many shared elements from the combination of the Star Runner, the um, Fighters, and then the C1. Or, when you do know, you uh, when do you think we're going to yeah. see this next uh, next you know middle size uh, mining ship? The RSI one. I think the concept will be done within the first quarter, if not okay. by the end of this year. Yeah. I don't think they'll sell it this year. Yeah, I think they'll sell it next year. Gotcha. Uh, but it, I think it'll be a concept. Too big of a ship to go straight to flyable. They don't seem to do big ships straight to flyable. It's only right. Sense seems to be smaller right now to medium. Uh, and then uh, Canuck did have a bonus question. Um, oh. It's not pertinent now, but it's pertinent because, you know, it's still content. He said, we all know Jax is not really dead, but the question is, do you think CIG had turned Jax into a kind of Han Solo type guy in Pyro? Has he become the dread pirate Jax in order to survive? Or is he just kicking back in a quiet corner of Pyro on one of the newly reconcepted planets? Uh, if we go one back to... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if we go back to what I said in previous podcasts or the most pre recent one that we actually released, I felt like he was going to kind of be like chilling and, and being a cool guy, if I'm not mistaken. Like the pirates will find him like quirky or whatever. We kind of got a combination of all of those things, though. Like there were moments when he was just relaxing in the. Uh, outpost then yeah. he finds out everyone thinks he's dead and he's got to clear clear that up then he gets in trouble with pirates then he does some racing uh so he does a little of everything yeah it was pretty and fun. am i and i'm am i not mistaken but is bob the same character that was flying the mercury star runner in that series of videos You know, with the outlaw and the Banu guy in the secret hold for the Mercury videos when they released the Star Wars. Yeah, it's a girl. It's a woman. Yeah, isn't that the same Bob? Yeah, same Bob. She's also the one that was out between the two ships that were going to shoot, like, competitively to blow up the barrels. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. She's the one who rescued. No, she, and she was the one who we borrowed the cutter from to begin with, too. Yeah. All of it's yeah. all of the same person. And now he's I, with her. I, on the Corsair. I, yeah, I really, 
it was good. It was a good ending, but I really thought that they would come in after the show was over and basically crash the prototype of the galaxy. You know, oh, that would have been funny. Good. Yeah. Well, we're here, and here's the new galaxy as parts are falling off of it. <laughs> but but uh, no, it was it was a good little series. I thought it was a nice little change. Amazing. Sorry, I. Um, uh, I did too. Um, I, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm laughing at right now. Hang on one second. Um, someone just entered our Discord server. Two people, actually. Someone by the name of Dolphin and uh, someone by the name of Leakage. <laughs> and Dolphin just said, I'm enjoying the podcast. Just found you guys today. And so I couldn't help but be like, amazing. So happy to have you. We're actually recording right now. Literally. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome on. Dolphin and uh, leakage. <laughs> Dolphin and leakage. Welcome, Dolphin. Yeah, that's uh, a combination. <laughs> Dolphin leakage. <laughs> See, another good episode title. Yeah, see? Um, they just keep coming today. Uh, Mach 3 Generic said, With the newly unveiled Drake Cutter and Anvil CAR, we see an increase in the reuse of assets created originally for other ships. Thrusters on the raft being another example. Do you... Th I think he meant the Vulture, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, the thrusters of the raft are the same as on the, on the mole, right? Just downsized? Yeah, I think so, yeah. He said, do you think CIG have created a vast library of sh ship assets that they're now able to push out variants and new ships while also reducing the amount of custom work required? Do you see the possibility of this having an impact on ship on the time ships spend in production timeline? What do you Absolutely. Think, Absolutely. In fact, I know they do. A lot of the times when you see the trim on a building uh, in the game, you'll actually mm -hmm. see, they showed us in one of the shows that it's actually used for like the trim on the side of a ship's window. Mm -hmm. And it's just a pattern of, of that's kind of applied like a texture. Um, yeah. And you can scale it for different purposes. And then within the ship itself, obviously you have like the, the, I guess it's the shoilet is pretty standardized, right? I mean, that's pretty mm -hmm. standardized. Um, the, assemblies for even the panels for the um, components to be added into is getting pretty standardized. Yeah. <clears throat> right. There so, are, there are definitely very common design elements. Like, I mean, you look on the Corsair, the floor panels are the same as the cutlass. Yes. Right. And that's, that's a combination of making their lives easier, but also trying to establish a common style and look and feel so that you could walk on a ship and not know who the manufacturer is and know who the manufacturer is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's also, I think it's not, it, yes. I don't think it's just like a, a matter of they're just doing this to kit bash and do things quickly. I think it's just the matter of they've built so many ships for certain manufacturers that it's easier. So like we said, the, um, the cutter is undeniably Drake, but it's also the most different ship they have in their line. 
and yet it shares so many common elements with others. You look at the top of the ship and the shape of it, it looks very similar to the top of the Corsair. The front looks like the bottom cockpit of the Corsair, or maybe even the cockpit of the um, right. the little vehicle. Um, you have the, the paneling like looking a, very similar. Exactly. There's thrusters kind of, being a vulture. Right. Very right. common design elements being put together. I think what this means is we're going to get a lot more straight to flyables that happen to be smaller ships because it's really easy for them to crank out quick small ships with a, a bunch of small to medium, small to medium ships with a bunch of common assets um, for each manufacturer. Um, obviously, the ones that will be a slightly harder, I think, will be something like um, Crusader doesn't really have any medium ships right now. So what design elements might need to change? Although. Eh. On, on the inside, you know, like they talk a lot about doing the gray box inside first. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that the insides are becoming much more standardized, certainly from a graphical perspective. I mean, oh, I yeah. know that a corner in a Drake room is pretty much the same in all their Drake rooms. Um, yeah. You know, the bunks are going to be all the same. The cargo netting is going to be all the same. Um, they are, you know, pulling together panels and textures and things like that. Uh, probably drag and drop. So, Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think the more ships, the more ships, the more ships, right? And that's why when you see these posts about like 35 years, and I know that was facetious, but when people complain about the ship pipeline, the hardest part's when they have these bigger ships. I think that takes the most work. It does. Um, yeah. But for, for some other ships, I, I think they're going to slowly but surely start to move towards not really releasing concepts at all right um it'll be harder because they still need big ships in the pipeline but those are the ones that you know aren't as easy to release so like a lot of people have been complaining about the galaxy that here we go you're not done with the big ships that you have and yet here you go releasing a new concept and oh and it also has modularity which doesn't seem to be anywhere near done so that's right. more things and I get it. It's tough. Well, I and, guess we'll see. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, I look at these ships and I go, you know, some of them I paid a lot of money for. I mean, more than a computer, right? I mean, these are yeah. not cheap. Um, I do want them to be awe-inspiring when I get on it for the first time. I mean, I, I really do. I want it to be unique. An Aurora or something like that, I mean... I want them to be very good because they help sell the game, and they they're and I use yeah. them all the time. Um, you know, it, it always everyone always laughs about I'm using Auroras and Reliance and everything else to do a lot of my stuff. Um, so I want them to be fun in the game, but I don't expect the same feel of quality build um, in that you know in that style of ship versus what i would expect them to see in a top tier industrial ship like of the orion and mm -hmm. that should be like an automated assembly line of productivity yeah <clears throat> i can almost yeah see it'll be interesting in the ship right you know yeah you log out and your your ai run the ship in your absence while you're logging out um yeah so 
It's all good. Most definitely. Great question, though, Mach 3. Yeah. It's good stuff, no matter what. Um, Yeasty Dynasty said, Squadron 42 questions. I know it's a single-player open-world RPG, but I wonder if any of the game loops that are currently in the PU will be included in this single-player adventure, not as a side mission per se, but something to make cash um, with in between quests so that players can do armor and or ship upgrades. What do you think? Absolutely. Game loops. Mission types. Yeah, mission types. I could see like a recon mission where they don't want to send in a military ship, so there's a, there would be a mission in the universe that, you know, you know, undisclosed person needs, you know, a local to go down and take photos of this area. Uh, and I know we did that in Mogadishu. Right? Got a guy with a running car, which is rare, and they put a camera in it to take pictures of certain parts of the city from up close. So I, I misheard. I misheard you then, or correct me if oh, I'm wrong. Did I miss the? Did I misunderstand the question? Do I? Oh, so I think it sounded like missions that occur in the Squadron Forty Two repeated uh-huh. for you to play in the in the universe. Oh, yeah, that's not the question they were asking. Okay, I misinterpreted it then. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Um, I, I agree with you there for sure. What, what they're asking is, do you foresee things like mining or game loops within the PU being a part of Squadron 42 as something you can do in between missions? No. No. I agree. They'll just be part of sets. Yeah. Uh, it It's not... You might see, like, for instance, even in the vertical slice, we saw a reclaimer, you know, um, taking apart a uh, um, a misc uh, starfarer. Um, but you're not going to be doing that. No, in, in between your game, your missions are going to be learning about the crew. Maybe you might have to you might end up having to do like things like mop the deck or some kind of like on ship missions or, or things like. Um, but I, I don't foresee things to make money to buy things. I think you'll get money from your missions. Yeah. I, I do think you're going to see, you know, I think we're going to see a couple of solar systems open up related to the game. Squadron mm-hmm. 42, um, mm-hmm. how close they are to Stanton and how you get there is the question in my mind, but yeah. They're clearly going to have places that they're going to show that are scenic and they're not going to do just for once. They're going to do it for the entire solution. You know? Yeah. Uh, then he also said, could base building be implemented into the game? No, I don't not, think squad- so. not in Squadron 42. Yeah, no. You're... you're- your home is is the Idris and the other ships that you are on. Um, I don't. It's definitely going to be more story driven than that. Yeah. Then he said, "I remember reading somewhere that the game would will take place in a massive chunk of space within Star Citizen overall galaxy. I wonder how massive this chunk of space is. Like five systems that we can travel to within Squadron Forty Two. I can't help but get a little excited about the prospect of playing that game because I believe it's going to be different a different open world space game. 
uh, that I do think. Um, how much flexibility you have to travel between those, I'm not sure. W- what are your thoughts on that? Like, it seems like most of the action is going to be in Odin, but I'm sure that's yeah. not the only system. No. So I know that he had mentioned that there's 900 pages of 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 actors dialogue in the games and that was years ago i mean that's how long the Mm -hmm. script was 900 pages and a typical movie is only like you know 100 pages or 50 pages or something um you know so it's it's comprehensive and having played freelancer um and um actually his first one before that was um the one that made him really, really famous was Wing Commander, the series. Um, mm. They were driven more about your interaction. Basically, opportunities or choices opened up to you based on who you interacted with in the game. So if you walked mm. around the ship and talked to the rumor guy or the person who's down in the, you know, cleaning the latrine, they may give you information that allows you to take a different branch or gives you an idea to how to solve the puzzle that's coming. Um, mm. So you had to interact with these characters to understand things. It was kind of the equivalent of, I'm going to go to the armory, I'm going to go to the food store, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. Um, and you would have a much better game than if you just said, oh, I landed, I'm going to get back on my airplane, I'm going to go right back out there, I'm going to listen to the mission brief, and I'm going to go back out. Uh, it was a big part of it was just interacting with the characters and they're all different. Mm-hmm. Matt, you know, you had Mav- Maverick and, um, you know, just crazy names, right? They were, they were very true to the, to the name, um, the way they behaved. So your wingman, like you would take a different wingman with you and that would kind of tell you what type of mission you were going to be on. Was it going to be mm. really sneaky or was it going to be, Go in their guns blazing. We're going to fight 30 guys at once. It's going to be heroic, right? <clears throat> and you kind of, con- you know, I suspect we're going to be able to choose our wingman for the type of approach we prefer. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Right. And the other thing about that game was even if you lost, you progressed. You just went down a different branch. Yeah. Right. So. Um, I don't think it's going to be necessarily one that you're going to want to play the same thing over and over and over again. You're going to, you know, where you fail a mission, you replay it. You fail a mission, you replay it. You fail a mission, you replay it. You know, that's kind of the Xbox style. I yeah. think this is going to be, I played it, I won, or I played it and did my best, but I didn't win, or I kind of was neutral. I passed, but I didn't really have victory. And then yeah. opportunities are going to open up from there. So I feel like the only failure would be if you die in the mission, then right. then you respawn and have to do it again. Right. But you could choose a different way to do it. That's my thought. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, so so non-linear. Yeah. Or multi, I don't think multi-pathing in you know in a linear fashion, right? I also don't think it'll be as open world as you think. I think yeah. the game will control where you go. I think you could go anywhere, but then I think you'll start getting a lieutenant yelling in your ear, hey, where are you? We need you for this mission. Right. Yeah, I don't Um, think you're going to be able to go anywhere at all. I think you're going to be, as you progress, you're going to move from ship to, you know, ship to ship. Yeah. From a small escort ship to a 
bigger carrier to a super carrier to the main battleship. And along the way, you're going to go from wingman to, you know, wing lead or squadron yeah. leader or section lead. And, and then I think there's going to be ground missions when you're working with the Marines and the Marines are going to be barking yeah. at you. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a variety of things. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah. I'm excited, even though I'm not a single player kind of gamer. Um, Heisenberg asked, what's your guys' opinions on radios and ships? Do you think it'll be implemented? And if so, do you think we will have radio stations to listen to for music, news, or maybe even podcasts? Wink, wink. What do you so, think, Cigar, on radios? I, I Definitely you have radios right now within the ship. You have radios to communicate on the intercom, and you have radios mm-hmm. that you can communicate with other ships that were, I think when we did it last time, it was like four, it was like 50 kilometers. And then you, you'd lost, started getting broken up from them, but it's in game. Um, right yeah. now, discord kind of overrides it for everybody because of the playability factor. It's just fun to mm-hmm. chat and talk with everybody. But if you have not tried playing in game audio, um, or communications, it's really pretty fun. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's well done. It's also super immersive. It is. It really is. Um, it's very hard to coordinate. If if you're an org and you're looking for something different, try to do it without using Discord. It's yeah, it's tough, but it's really rewarding when it do, when it goes well because you have to trust your commanders and you have to have runners almost that run their small ships between areas to help you mm. coordinate. Yeah. <clears throat> it's definitely very cool. Um, I don't. So Heisenberg, they've talked about this uh, a few times before. If it's for music, it'll likely be in in lore music because of rights management mm-hmm. and same thing. News. You'll probably get in game news podcasts. I probably not just because same thing, right? Like some podcasts require subscriptions. I know we're free, but some podcasts require subscriptions and things like that. So um, I don't think so. I do think if it's like podcasts or news, you might be able to do in game radio shows. Like we might be able to record this in game. Right. uh, If we wanted to, and then maybe release it. And, you know, the question for today was about tools and things like that. There are some tools mm-hmm. already where you can bring in sounds from outside into your game and listen to the music. You just had, you know, you need a way to turn them down. So the mixers are helping with a lot of that audio mixers, mm-hmm. uh, VR ones. So um, if you haven't looked at um, Banana, Banana. I, can't, I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, but there's there's a couple free ones out there that let you mix and blend and you can bring anything in streaming stuff whatever uh, for your own listening. Nice, the good uh, pointer uh, as well. Well, that wraps up all of our questions. Um, if you have questions of your own, definitely submit them. Uh, I won't say email us because I don't have access and I haven't talked to check off in a while and I still need uh, the password. Um, oh. You could DM our Twitter handle 
you could, um, which is CitizenCastSC, you could always submit a voice message through Anchor. Um, you could join our CitizenCast Discord. A lot of people seem to favor that. Uh, there's different sections for each topic area. And, of course, you can always either text us or leave a voicemail at our Google Voice number, 646-783-8154. Um, and as always, if you are looking for that crew for an org or just looking for some fun people to play with in between your solo sessions, come over and take a look at Parley House. It's a neutral zone for players of all types to hang out, socialize, and enjoy the best damn space sim the verse has to offer. Links for that, as well as our contact information, is in the show notes. Um, also, take a look at some of the friends of the show that we have out there who are fellow content creators. We have on YouTube Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Parrot. Um, Snorkel's been doing a lot of videos lately, actually. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, there's also the uh, musical stylings of Admiral Cody and Calibri that you hear in our episode, as well as other songs inspired by Star Citizen. And friends of the show, Star Jump, have built a fleet viewer both through the efforts of Grimm, VMZO, and a bunch of others to create a tool so that you can see very realistic views of your fleet in hyper fidelity. Super awesome. Uh, anything else for our listeners today, Seaguard? No, no alibis today. <laughs> Just making sure, you know, I always forget that sometimes people want to contribute at the end, and then I'm always like, we've got to go. No, uh, no, no. That, dear friends, wraps up finally another episode of Citizen Cast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you hopefully next week. Jake, if you're still listening, Drake jumpsuit. Drake jumpsuit. Drake and a and a gutter game package to give away. RSI jumpsuit. Cutter game package. <laughs> See black jacket. GP. Black jacket for in game. We're getting more popular. Please. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I or see the numbers, okay? <laughs> more desperate, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, our number of episodes that hit a thousand went up quite a bit over the past few weeks. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think at this point we have six, and we've got a seventh very close. Right. Bye, everybody. Miniature Christmas tree for my ship. Christmas tree. Jake, make it happen. Flashing lights on my dashboard. Where's the red panel? He loves flashing.